Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 217. This week we have our theft and leak special. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, writer, journalist, owner of the Georgia Virtue dog mom, Jessica Salaji. What's up, Dave? Howdy, howdy. How are things down in South Georgia? Hot. Oh, amen, girl. Amen. But I'm not complaining. Yeah, you can actually go out and get some sun. Yeah. If you had any time. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't like the cold, so I'm not going to complain about the heat. Like, I might say, oh my gosh, it's so hot out today. But deep down, I don't care. Because I'm a happier, better person when I'm tan and warm. <laughs> better person? Yeah. Well. Is work picking up for you? Oh, yeah. I see. It's, it's, it's one of those things. I go from trying to drink from an eyedropper to drink from a fire hose. Are you talking about liquor or just <laughs> yeah, <that> liquor. proverbial? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, you go from from struggling through spring, you know, fall, and, and winter's okay. It's not super busy. But it, then that this last week was the first like week people were turning on their air conditioners and, you know, oddly enough, failing. So it's always a good idea to test stuff out before you absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only blessing for a lot of folks who had to fail this last week was that the lows were in the 60s. I mean, I can't really, like, begrudge anybody or mock them for doing it because, I mean, when you say test, I mean, you, you think people should just turn it on or, like, should we have someone come out and look? I don't do any of that. Like, I, no, just, it, like, it, I just live by it. Turn, turn it on. I mean, when you, first couple of days gets to be 75, you know, something like that. Turn it on. Make sure you're getting at least getting cold air out of it. Make sure it at least comes on. Because it's a lot easier and a lot faster, and I don't see cheaper to get get things done when it's not an emergency. True, but I work well but under pressure. You work well under pressure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's not it's not so much pressure as it goes from I can get you get you uh, fixed tomorrow to we'll see you next week. I actually had that with, with one of them. I, I was talking to my guys, like, when can we get to, to this house in Dallas? Like, oh, Tuesday. I'm like, man, that's a week. Okay, well, let's, let's get it worked out. Tuesday. Tuesday. Said, you know, well, look, if you've got a big house and you've got three or four air conditioners, you can go sleep somewhere else in the house. When that's it, sure. and it, your house with one, you're just miserable. And I tell people all the time, I say, my butt would be in a hotel. Yeah. I, I've only dealt with that on the heat side, which is different because, you know, when my heater thing went out, I just wore fleece everything and put Sherpas on the dogs and loaded up the blankets and. Yeah, put the dogs in the bed. Yeah. Well, they sleep in the bed anyway, but, um, but yeah, I mean like it's totally, it's, it's way easier whether you like the heat or not, like it's way easier to deal with cold than. It is. It is. You can always make yourself warm. Once you're butt naked laying under a ceiling fan, that's as cold as you're going to get. Yep. Misery. So speaking of cold, thieves are stealing homes in Georgia. How they are they are. getting away with this? 
Well, I think this is not a headline that's new. I mean, I've seen the stories about people who just like move into a house that's for sale um, or empty and then they squat in it and basically like then you have to it they, they stay there for a certain amount of time then they have to leave through like the eviction process and everything but apparently in atlanta um i don't i don't know they're they they go in and they pay your taxes um so the the story that was on 11 alive is part of one of their investigations was that this older woman bought a a house for six thousand dollars in 1970 and the house they haven't remodeled it or anything but um it's worth about two hundred and eighty thousand dollars and i guess there's renovations being done in it or something i'm not sure but um that they went to the tax assessor or commissioner's office and tried to pay the taxes and take the deed. Um, and someone was able to, they were able to stop the process here and during this one, but they tried to evict her from her home, even though she lived, she had lived there for over 40, 50 years. Um, and so they pick a house, they assume the homeowner's identity with a fake ID and then they can get the sig, they can see signatures from stuff that's on file and they go pay taxes, and then they claim they own it. Um, right. They, they 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 get a deed, and they essentially sign it over to themselves. Right. And then you have to prove it's yours, um, but this process has already started. It, it's crazy. I think it's funny. Well, it's, it's not funny to anyone that happens to, but I think it's funny that it, this is kind of in the heart of Fulton County once again, because... Fulton County is so inefficient, ineffective, and they're a, bu- a bureaucratic mess. So it's not it, – if something like this started picking up, especially like in a county like mine or, you know, they don't know every single person that's on the books and they don't, certainly don't know where we live, but they would notice patterns of stuff a lot easier, whereas in Fulton County, I mean – Gosh, oh, yeah. they don't they don't even keep good records. Like there was a story last week about how, you know, in in the city and in Fulton County, they they're paying all these light bills for street lights to Georgia Power, but they don't even know how many they actually have. So they don't even know if they're paying Georgia Power the right amount. Like that is that is the picturesque image of Fulton County. Yeah, and the the clerks are obligated to hand the deed to them. They 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 provide they provide ID, and these are paid for homes naturally, because you don't have to get through a mortgage company. A mortgage company is going to have a uh, a lot more controls, obviously, with giving away their collateral. Well, and they're going to be notified if something's filed on the house, like right immediately. Yeah, something's wrong. Right. So essentially, they they get they quit claiming it to themselves or their friends, and they just stole a house. And so, so then Fulton County was like, yeah, we're going to create a new government program and it's called R-E-A-A-C-T. I don't know what it stands for, but it's React. Um, and it's basically like a notification system, kind of like on the credit reports where they notify you if someone's filed something against your property. But only 354 properties are registered. And I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people in Fulton County. Um, so I don't think they're doing a super job of 
I mean, maybe you should like send out a notice about this when you send your property tax bill to people. And but they said, you know, they're they're like it, it definitely works because we've already sent out ninety four filing alerts. Now, of course, not all those are fraudulent. Um, there's a number of reasons that could be paid for, but uh, <laughs> just the government. I mean. I guess my thing is, is like, yes, it's the government's responsibility and duty to make sure that this kind of stuff is legit. And, you know, we have to like verify, we have to provide legit identification and lots of things to get anything. But somebody can go in with forged documents and there's not really anything stopping them here. But my thing is, is like, if they can't, if they can't just inherently protect the, the, the deed and the property and all these things. Like what makes you think that another government program is going to do that is either. Right. So failure of government naturally means we need more government. Like a lot of third or a lot of um, credit monitoring things come through third parties. Like I have city card credit card and I mean, there's like a unique credit monitoring service through them for my credit card and for I can give them access to additional stuff if I so choose, which would obviously be more effective than Fulton County government doing it. But it's crazy that this is possible. It's interesting to me. I mean, of course you're taking, I mean, I don't know how much the taxes are. I can't imagine Fulton County taxes are, are through the roof, but I can't imagine how much there they are when you've paid a house off and it's like a lower end home, but it's a, it's a risk to it to pay someone's taxes. And then like you're, you're banking on being able to ditch them and sell it for a profit. Well, if say the, see even the taxes are $3,000 with, and if you do, you know, you only need a couple of, a couple of $300,000 houses to, to, to make that back. I, it's 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 ballsy, I'll tell you that, because because what what they're hoping is they know the system better than the victim, which they do, and people will give up, or the house will sell before, and now you've got two or three layers of owners that have that have already had taken possession before you can go back and say, hey, that was my house. Yeah. No, so, I mean, look, it 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 is an old old story. I mean, this this goes. <laughs> goes back centuries with with you know misfiling deeds and and being conniving with with getting people's land away from them or out west it, it's a, it's a, it was always mineral rights they would they would <clears throat> you could you could own yeah. the the property on top and take their mineral mineral rights from them i i love lawyers though i mean this of course in the awareness of all this there's lawyers who want to capitalize on being knowledgeable of the situation so that, you know, if you've been wronged or you think you've been wronged and you'll reach out to them. But he, he's like giving these tips and of how to protect yourself and warning signs to look out for. And he's like, if your tax bills or your utility bills stop showing up, those are warning signs. Well, no kidding. <sighs> yeah. But, but is it though? Now that every utility wants to go. Yeah. That's uh, true. Paperless. You know, that, how, how do you know? If someone were to hop online and assume your identity and, and 
take your your paperless statements or getting themselves or just sign in and start paying your, your utility bills and go, oh, okay, well, I must have overpaid last month, whatever. Yeah, the, the old days of getting your phone bill every month, I, I mean, I haven't seen a, a, a Verizon bill in I don't know how long. I don't even see bank statements anymore. I get a, no. I get a, uh, an alert that says, "Hey, your, your your statements are available online." Yeah, which I don't so. have a problem with, so long as. Well, if your stuff stops showing up and you have you were on that, like you wouldn't get it from you wouldn't get it online either, would you? I would. I would assume not. But people have to be cognizant of it. it yeah. It's bad that you have to be that protective over what's already yours. Well, and I mean, certainly you don't have like, I mean, I I don't think that. The information reveals your age, but obviously like the elderly are um, more likely to fall victim to this because it, it does show your age. If I were, if I were to, if I were to pop your address in right now, I could put it, put in who lives here and it would come up with uh, your name and your oh, approximate well, sure. age. Right. Right. I thought I would, I just meant like from, you know, a deed itself, you'd, you'd have to search properties. Of, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they scout out what property they're going to, capitalize on i was just saying though that you know like especially if your home is paid off and you're an elderly person like you're more likely to just kind of forget about it because it's not on the like the whole reason you paid off your house was so that you didn't have to worry about it like yeah theoretically right right yeah elder abuse is 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 a big thing with financial crimes the same thing this has been going back a long time with people sending money to strangers uh the 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 Nigerian scams, you know, so, so a relative, a distant relative has died, and all I need is a transfer fee. Now, even when I was in banking, this is going back twenty five years. Uh, I would I would see stuff. I would see people taking go, going and getting large cashier's checks. And what are you doing? Oh, I, I I won this, or I'm inheriting this. I just have to send some money. Like no, 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 no. Let me explain something to you. So the the I don't get the mentality because you know I'm the kind of guy who help an old lady across the street. But as far as as far as uh, criminals go, as far, as far as scumbags go, is those are the most vulnerable. Those are the ones we want to pick on. Those are the ones who will fall for my scam. Yeah. And it all comes a lot of well the, the old scams would come down to greed. This is just you just didn't know. I mean I did. Can you tell me the last time you paid your utility? I can't. I assume it was last month. Yeah. My tax bill comes once a year. No, I mean. So I mean, if if you, it, uh, who who's, I guess if if you're talking to everybody else and and they're griping about about their tax bills, sure. Uh, and you haven't gotten yours, you should probably start asking questions. But who knows? Well, and if. A scam artist isn't going to get your home. The government will. Speaking of scam artists, they are the professional. Uh, in some states, if you miss one tax payment, local politicians can take your home, and sell it, and keep the profits. Yeah, this is a huge problem right now, too, especially with the way the market, like with the inflated prices, because, I mean, how much does the government stand to gain? Uh, a crap ton more than they did when your house was had gone up five thousand dollars from the year before, you know. Um, oh yeah, and but, this is a this is a uh, this the story that you shared is a Stossel story, and I and I, and I like John Stossel. 
Me too. Hey, uh, he pre- he presents libertarian views in a non-lunatic way, in reasonable way. Of course, he spent his entire career in journalism and in presenting stories. But but we have we we have one of the examples was, and this this was overturned. But they tried to sell a guy's house for eight dollars in taxes. Eight. The amount of the filing fees are not worth that. And I, I mean, this happens far more than the other, which is why the government is so freaking dangerous. But, you know, a lot of times, like, especially if you're on a, a payment plan, like if you've gotten behind and then you set up a, a plan and you miss a payment, it's it triggers a faster, I guess, sale than if you... You know, we're just 30, 60, 90 days behind um, in general. So this woman in Michigan, she missed a payment that was about $900. So they they sold her house and sold it. It was worth $286,000 more than what she owed on it. Like, that's a crime. They And they got to keep the profit. Oh, and why was this one overturned? Because the... Government didn't keep the profit. They transferred, after they took their money out of it, transferred it to a private company, an investment company, mm-hmm. owned by, ding, 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 the mayor. Well, the mayor took the house and sold it to himself. Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, nothing like that surprises me anymore. Like, there's there's a reason for every program we have. Like, that React program, you know, somebody somewhere was tipped off to the idea the the speed cameras somewhere like, those were the companies are founded by cops like somewhere everywhere this this stuff um comes from somebody who's like hmm think of the money we would make but like for me first of all since when does the government get to take more than you owe them like if i owe you nine hundred dollars then and you sell and you you take my house to sell it to get your $900, you get $900 plus, you know, any fees. Worst case scenario. Right. Yeah, and, and that, that's how it works with with uh, uh, any other lien. If if uh, a mortgage company has a lien on your house, your house is worth $300, you owe $150, uh, they, you lose your house, they sell it, they get their fees. Now, somehow, the bank always comes out on top, but they sell the house at the auction block. Theoretically, whatever's left over goes back to the borrower because because the lender has been made whole all the with all the fees and everything else whatever's left over goes right back apparently that's not that's not how government works if we take it it's ours imagine if this woman was in like bankruptcy or something and you know she had other debtors to pay off or other you know lien holders or something i mean like and you just took 200 and $85,100 more than you were entitled and this to. Is, yeah, this example, I believe, is in Michigan. Yeah. Which, um, there's... And this is this is a woman who who works hard. She's a, a LPN or some sort of nurse's assistant, works in a, in, a, uh, in a brain care unit. You know, this is not somebody trying to get over. She's, try, she's trying to, to get right with, with her taxes. Uh, and the, her local government... Snatched her home from her for missing. It, it, not only that, when she saw the notice, she tried to go pay it, and they said no. Yeah, which is what you hear 
often. Um, and then, you know, the, there was another example listed, which was a 66 year old woman and, and her, she owed $30,000. And like, don't get me wrong. If, if I think that especially property taxes, I mean, it's theft, it's, they're using force and you'll never own your home in a million different ways. I could, I hate it. I'm not saying, but I'm also, you know, if, if that's, if that's the law that we have until everyone decides not to pay and we collectively say we're not doing it anymore, this is what we have to do. So if she owes $30,000, she owes $30,000. So 66 year old woman's now living in her car because they sold her house within a, um, a day of evicting her pretty much, or you know, a couple days. And they kept, $242,000 in the difference or $212,000, excuse me. Um, I mean, so she's sleeping in her, you, you've stolen from her in not beyond what you were entitled to as the statute that you've written. And there's 11 states that allow local governments to do this. Yeah, and there's actually a program, and this is not for homeowners, this is for investors, where you can buy out uh, tax yeah. liens. A lot of people and, do that. Yeah, it's 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 good investment because you you're la- it's more or less guaranteed income. And there there's a certain amount of risk if if the house goes down in value or whatever. And of course, it, but you have to redo it every year, but you're allowed to charge, you know, huge fees. And as more taxes come in, you continue to you t- continue to invest it. Say the taxes on the house are just for easy math, $1,000 a year. You keep paying that $1,000 a year and you're able to, to assess a certain amount of fees on there. And whenever the house sells, you collect it. Or if it gets to be enough, you take the house. Do you agree with that? In, in principle, I don't, I'm with you. I don't agree with, with, uh, uh, with yeah, property taxes at all. Company, but if a company doing it or an individual doing it, I mean, the, 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 it is, it is a, the the county is the municipality is being made whole, right? But it seems a little predatory. Of course, it's predatory. Well, why do we regulate some predatory stuff and not others? Well, why? Who knows? Because of who's paying who? I don't. I don't know. Right. Look, you, you you can invest in in life insurance, not yours. Somebody else's. Somebody else has got a terminal diagnosis. You can buy the life insurance from them. Go ahead and pay them cash so they can live the rest of their life with cash in their pocket. And when they die, you collect their life insurance. There are a lot of things you can invest in that. And look, that's not necessarily predatory. That's these people get get to use their life insurance. Yeah, I'm not sure that's I wouldn't consider that nearly as predatory as as taking somebody's house. And look, in Georgia, I don't think you take from what you you were saying about how, you know, if you owe a thousand dollars, you're making thousand dollar payments. And every time it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That would, that's. Well, you know, it's, that's, it's, it's just out. It, it's a, it's a far better thing than the government snatching your house and keeping all the money. So it, and if you're going to look at wrong as a spectrum, it's less wrong. The government snatching your house and giving it to the mayor. So I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I we, what we can say is that the the lawyers for the government's argument of uh, it's not wrong. What's wrong is other other taxpayers having to subsidize uh, the people who aren't paying their taxes. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you taking the house, throw, throwing it up at auction, keeping what is owed, and giving the 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 owner back 
whatever money that that she, in this case, she uh, is due to her. That's not what we're talking about. And the only way this municipality got away with snatching this woman's house over 900 bucks was the government, it was ruled that the government itself did not keep the money. That they gave, that they they then transferred over to uh, another entity that was going to, and look, this is, this is, this is a way of taking lower income houses away from lower income people and giving it to investors who are going to, in the government's eye, uh, do away with the blight uh, or not, or just improve the, the tax base. So that that's what this is all about. This is it, that and that in her particular case, this is not a. Of course, it's about the mayor and I think the city manager both are, own this company. Making a ton of money, of course it is. I, mean, I think that company, if uh, what I saw in St- if I recall what I saw in Stossel is correct, it was uh, like they made ten million dollars last year or something like that. But the mayor won't disclose how much he made personally and won't return phone calls to talk about it. You know how much a company makes is pretty much public public information. So anyway, so if that's not depressing enough. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. Headline of the week, leaked SCOTUS opinion on Roe v. Wade. Yeah, um, I guess it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday that it happened because I was on the phone and got a news alert and it was you know, the the opinion is on Dobbs v. Jackson women's health. That's what the decision, like, it's not like they're reconsidering Roe v. Wade. And I feel like it's a little bit misleading. But of course, so I'm like, but I see the headline that they're, you know, poised to overturn and they voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And so I look at the article and they're talking, the political, it was the political article. And they're talking about how the 98 page draft was leaked and I guess I I guess I am a little jaded by leaked stuff because of my own job but I wasn't particular I wasn't like oh my god a leaked opinion I mean I thought like wow that's that's new for us because we haven't I mean they've done it before but we haven't it's not something we commonly see right but like I wasn't like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this. Like a, a Supreme Court opinion, draft opinion has been leaked to the public. What do we do? Well, it's not that a document was leaked. First of all, it was a draft. Right. It was, it was a first draft. Uh, now, I, I, I am of the opinion that these things should not take two months to come out once the votes have been had. I, the the case has been heard. The justices have they they are very antiquated the way they do things. They all go back to their own offices, and they write their opinions on things. And then I guess they make copies, and then clerks run it between the offices, and they go back and forth, and then they have their vote that way. They don't actually sit in one room and discuss it. Right, which is odd. Because that's just it, not how you anticipate, or I don't think that's how anyone envisions the Supreme Court of the United States operating either. Right. So each justice sits with their clerks around them, and I think they come. Uh, they obviously 
make reference to then that's what clerks do is make reference to other case law and and pull whatever references they need to and then they write they write something out and then they send it to the other justices the other justices read that digest it with their staff and then write a response and send it out and it's it's very antiquated way of doing things but at this point it sounds like more or less the the decision was made in february uh i think didn't they say that or at least I thought I read somewhere where it said that they started drafting the opinion back in February. Is that wrong? Uh, I don't know. Uh, this this dropped right in the middle of my crazy week. I've only worked 90 hours this week, mm-hmm. uh, which is payback for going out of town last week. Sure. Uh, so, but yeah, this stuff starts going back and forth. And again, it's a 98-page opinion. That that that's not leaked on on, on ax, uh, uh, by accident. Well, heck no. I mean, yeah, this this yeah, this wasn't a, a a sheet that was left in a copier. So there's two. I think there's well, there's several conspiracies about why this was leaked, and honestly, to me, they both make sense. Like the two main ones make sense. The 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 contention that um. Someone who leans left leaked it to tell everyone and and kind of like spark outrage and pressure and this that and the other. That makes sense to me, obviously, because um, we've. I mean, how many we see people do that all? That's usually why they do it. Um, the other main thing is that it was someone on the right because they didn't want the justices to vote differently or change their opinion and this kind of locks them in by putting it out there my the only reason that i don't think that's as plausible is because it's not like they're going to get unelected or fired if they change their opinion you know like there's no repercussion for justice right well and they're supposed to be kind of uh out of that out of that political political realm well, you know, once you're appointed, you're, you're supposed to be out of that political rub. You're supposed to view everything that comes before you through the Constitution. I understand the ha. Huh? Uh, well, I mean, it's right. You're supposed to be free of outside influence and emotion. Um, and, you know, our court system at the lower level, gosh, how many prosecutions do we know of that have started because of public pressure? Like, that is how people are being conditioned to function. They think that if you don't like how something works, whether it's in in line with the way that the system is supposed to be, you're supposed to scream and throw a tantrum about it. Yeah, that even goes up to the DOJ. Yes. With the, we need something where the, where main justice will put pressure on on a on a, a, a US a US attorney, you know, uh, come down on a USA like you know you're going to we need a win on this you need to go after this you know go after this for for whatever reason and that that's hyper political because DOJ and the USAs are appointed through a political process yeah and then it, it, i mean you've got of course, Kyle Rittenhouse every officer involved shooting i mean all like Arbery, how it went up to the feds and the civil rights division i mean all these everything is politically motivated now so you can't you can't tell me that 
like you well you can fault the people for being stupid but i don't think you can fault the people for thinking that this will be effective when it has been effective at every other level of government because our system and our elected officials and the people who are supposed to keep everything on track constantly cave to an angry mob right and the supreme court is supposed to be on that uh I don't know, and I've said before, when you look at the Supreme Court, they are not coming down on rulings on grand cases. They're coming down on minute details on the constitutionality of one aspect of a case. And that that may be the first domino that knocks the entire row down. And often that's the case. But they they don't they're very rarely rule ruling on grand cases. Sort of, sort of, uh, of things here. They're ruling on minute details of within, uh, within a case that that may overturn something. Uh, what I did like about what I read read from Alito was that we're not just because the Supreme Court has ruled on something before, we're allowed to look at it again. Yeah. And is is not set in stone forever, especially when there's more information or. Fact is, the court could have been wrong, but 1972, is that right? Three. Uh, yeah. Could have been wrong. And in this, it could have been, we've overturned things like the Dred Scott decision. There, there, are, there are things that we, we can go back through the history of this country and Supreme Court decisions and say, that, you know, that, was, that was incorrect. We're, we're going, we're going to, to do something about that. Yeah. And personally, I mean, I... I hesitated to put this on the outline because I think the topic of, well, I don't think, I know the topic of abortion is immensely personal to a lot of people and it's one of the most, um, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the few topics that we have in America that for has, as long as we've been talking about it, people go from zero to a hundred in four seconds and there's not a lot of listening and there's a ton of anger and passion because on either side of the spectrum. And I do believe there is a small minority in the, in the middle. That's like, I just don't know. I don't know how you properly do this. Um, but like, so so I don't want to focus too much on the issue itself because we are not going to change anybody's minds no matter what side of the issue they're on. And I don't think we'll change each other's or influence. I just don't think that's possible. I, I don't think it's an issue that you can do that. Um, I think it's like a socioeconomic background, a system, a circumstances background. I think it's a faith. Like there's just so many things that are but- deeply personal to people that craft that. Right, and what we what we can say is, there's I even reading Roe v. Wade, I don't see where there's a there's a constitutional right now. There's not. I I do see a Tenth Amendment. Yes. Where what's not specifically listed in the Constitution is left up to the states. So and I and, I, I totally agree with you here. Yeah, and in in Alito's opinion. Uh, I read more than I really wanted to, but, but uh, uh, not not every not all ninety eight pages. But he says that the decision usurped the political process that the people sh- should have. That the court uh, 
overstepped it, it, its its boundaries with this case. And the case was really about privacy. The, pra- the, the case itself was not was around abortion, but it was not. It's been it's been kind of perverted into this idea of giving constitutional protection to to this particular procedure. So the conditions under which it is legal, the legality of it is going to be left up to the states. Correct. And and, and I think that's correct. Oh yeah, and I, and that's and what's and I think anybody who looks at this from a reasonable standpoint takes emotion out of it. And look, I've I've seen hyperbole from both sides on this, and and I've seen some people on the on the pro choice side. They say I'm pro Susan who has a fetus die inside mm-hmm. her, and she's not and she's not going to be allowed to have a DNC. That's just not true. That's not true at all. No. Uh, uh, someone who has you know six fetuses take hold from from a uh, uh, in vitro uh, fertilization IVF uh, procedure and she's not going to live with, with all all of them or one twin dies you that's just it's just not true that's all hyperbole and it's 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 scare tactics and this ruling it, and of course we don't have the final but from what I read does not make abortion illegal it simply Correct. kicks it to the states now. There are states that are going to make it illegal, 100%. There are going to be states that prosecute women who do it. There are going to be women who have to find different doctors for the medical reasons that you just listed. I mean, sure. And I think think that's a reasonable – I think – so when it really gets truly down to the medical side of things like the life of the mother in particular, like I don't want to get into the others. But when you're talking about the life of the mother, I mean, a lot of times – irrespective of the laws, you might have to find another doctor just because the doctor is not, yes, they have the the oath to, you know, do what they can to save your life, but you might differ on that approach and you might have to find another doctor. That's not really influenced by the law. So for me, like, I don't see that as a, something that, you know. No, and, and even with my knee surgery, I shopped doctors. I, I shopped the best. I, I it, the, the, trust me. This is not the first. Well, it's not even the first surgery on this day, but it's not the first doctor I went to with the uh, with the continuing uh, dislocation program. But I went and found somebody said who is an expert in this particular procedure. But yes, the first doctor I went to is like, nope. There's nothing you can do. You need to be uh, mid fifties, and we'll put a new knee on you. Yeah. And that that was that was her. And I really like her personally. She's she's a very smart, very accomplished doctor. But her her view on on the the dislocations was you're not old enough for a new knee, uh, wear a brace. If it only happens a few times a year, it's not that bad. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't happen to you. It sucks. Um, but I would, but, but that's, but it's the same thing. If your doctor, if there's a doctor that says, uh, I, I won't perform this procedure on a, on a fetus that has uh, zero brain development, which is something that happens or, or only has one chamber of the heart developed and is not viable. Uh, go to a different doctor. And I know that's a socio. I know that's a very privileged thing to say because I can shop doctors. Sure, but it's a reality that it could be that could be the the reality, irrespective of the law or any Supreme Court decision. I, you know, obviously the court that's in panel right now, like the justices we have, the makeup of it, they haven't been together all that long. And but what's the most obnoxious to me here, and why I have. It's, it's one of the reasons that I hate national politics and the issues about it is, you know, you talked about the hyperbole from both sides, but the inconsistency of the entire court 
just as a whole. Like the Tenth Amendment issue to me is is what's here. Yes, you you don't have a, a there is. I don't care if you are the most pro life person or the most pro choice person. There is no constitutional right to an abortion. Um, the, when you get into privacy, even, I mean, privacy is not enumerated in the constitution in the context that we're talking about, or that was here. Um, and yes, you get into the whole, like, it's your body. Should you make those decisions protecting the life of, I, I get it, but it's not something that the federal government is capable of deciding. And while conservatives tend to be more state oriented, with state sovereignty than liberals. It's not always, but they tend to be more in that direction. I, you know, that first of all, that's never been their argument. All of a sudden they're like, yes, state sovereignty here, like 10th amendment all day long, but it's not like on a, on, on the regular, they're advocating for that. Right. I hate that. It's right. It's issue driven when it comes down to legalizing pot. Right. 10th, 10th amendment. Uh, and that tends to be liberals and libertarians, yes. uh, uh, people like you and me who, who believe that st- state sovereignty is is uh, is a thing, should be a thing. I mean, it should be absolute. Anything that's not specifically given a right to the to the federal government should be reserved for the states. You know, you and you and I are on board with that. And, you, and I'm certainly far right of center on 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 government stuff because I, I don't like government. Uh but it's issue driven, and when it's something, when it's not, when it's when it's uh, a the, uh, abortions tends to be the holy sacrament of the left. That the you know that Roe v. Wade is 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 was handed down from uh, from Mount Sinai. Uh, the, that all of a sudden is is a federal issue. Oh no, we don't need the tenth 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 amendment on that. We're going to put something in the Constitution that doesn't exist. It, it is. It is disgusting. If you if you're a principled person, and you say this this is the way it is that this these decisions are reserved for the states, and then you can decide to work within the politics of your state. Or I know this is another privileged thing. Go to a state that more aligns with your politics. Mm. Or do what's happening in Georgia and have the liberals from the Northeast and California move into the state uh, and the, change the politics, and it'll and they will be changed forever. And look, I know people who live in who are conservatives who live in liberal states. Like that, they're like, "This is where this is where my family is." This is the the you know ultimately got friends I have out in California. Like, I love living ten minutes from the beach. I love living in San Diego. I hate the politics, but I have a good life here. And for most people who stay out of that realm of politics, that's that's most important to them. It's, but you change. It's a lot easier to change the politics within your state than it is within the country. It is. It 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 is, but easier. <laughs> yeah, easier. I mean, it doesn't mean it's easy. The problem is that we don't govern and I'm not just speaking to this issue because like I said, I think this is one of the issues where the smallest number of people are in the middle or just can't it's not that they don't know what their position is, it's just it's not an easy position. I mean, you look at all the polling about it. There's there's a smaller group of people in the middle. But the problem with even our states is that we are governing on the polar extremes of every issue. And so it's every side sees every issue as do or die because 
we no longer compromise. We no longer meet in the middle. We no longer say, I don't agree with why you want, and I'm not, again, I'm not just talking about abortion. I'm talking about everything. Like, I don't agree with everything you're saying here, but I understand why you represent a populace that feels this way. So how about we do this? I mean, we just don't do that. Um, and again, hardly ever are we talking about limiting government and limiting and, and returning to the Constitution. So I have a hard time saying, well, this side's right and that side's right, because they've all led us down this tank of extremism. And the, Right. You know, and and, and the, their adherence to the Constitution is 100% driven by what, what issue. They start off with an issue, what they want, and then they decide how they're going to apply the Constitution to it. Not let's take the Constitution and view every issue through that, through that, that, that prism. And it, it it's one of the reasons I think the Libertarian Party is 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 growing, is you know keep keep Republicans out of, out of your uh, bedroom and Democrats out of your wallet. Well, leave Ryan, us alone. Ryan Graham, who's been on the show before, but he's running for lieutenant governor on the Libertarian ticket. He had a tweet the other day that was. I'm not going to quote it because I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically to the effect of like, any, it wasn't about abortion again. I just want to be clear because I feel like people are so, they're so easily outraged about it and I don't want to misconstrue someone's position. But he was talking about how, you know, he doesn't care if it's the, the federal boot or the state boot or the local boot that's on his neck. Just get the boot off my neck. Like, and that's the position I think everyone should take. And we're way off in the weeds, but... You know, we're, again, with the extremism, I mean, right now they've put eight fence or eight foot fencing around the entire Supreme Court. Um, nobody can go in the they've been posting home addresses of our justices online because they're receiving threats and they all have heightened security, which all of that is going to cost us more money. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be protected. But like, why do people have to be such jackasses about it? Why can't you just you can protest? But why do you have to threaten their lives? Well, why not let what's going to happen happen because nothing is final at this point? Why not let the play this sports analogy let the play develop in front of you before you decide what you're going to do? Because right now, it, the, the 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 idea is that Alita, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett uh, are in, in the majority, leaving Justice Roberts once again uh, going with the liberal wing of of the court. Uh, and again, this is not uh, specific to, to 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 abortion. That's just what Roberts has done since being appointed. Uh, but yeah, doxing the which I don't even such a stupid word, doxing the, these justices. You know, we we forget that these justices are friends outside outside of their opinions. There's only nine of them. Uh, one of the most conservative and most liberal justices were some of the were two of the closest friends with their families vacation together. They and they're both dead now, but they absolutely adored each other. Mm-hmm. But they would get on the court and they would write these scathing opinions and dissenting opinions and just just eviscerate each other, uh, uh, each other's opinions, not each other, each other's opinions, and then call it a day take the robes off and say, hey, uh, you want to grab dinner at my place or are we going to your place? Yeah, it's, 
people people just lose their their minds and we don't even know exactly what what it's going to say and exactly what is going to happen why don't you save all that energy for your state legislatures because when there's it, two now there's two parallel tracks i mean talking about what you're talking about that's not you know there's there's the republicans who are like oh thank god finally after all these years and then there's democrats who are like women are gonna die here we go and then on the other side of the tracks is this investigation driven let's hang them high in this in the town square who did this how could they betray america you know conversation about who leaked it and yeah and look it is important to know who leaked it internally and the reason i say that is is being able to clerk at the supreme court is a huge honor and it is reserved for the best of the best coming out of law school I mean, just being good enough to, to clerk for a federal judge is huge. But being able to, to clerk in the Supreme Court is reserved for very few people get that honor. And to have someone squander that to, for their political purposes or somebody else's political purposes is, is repugnant. Now, is it criminal? I don't know. So, it, it, should it be criminal? I don't know. I, I know that, that, it, that there is an opinion that it certainly can be. There was a federal prosecutor, or a former federal prosecutor, Andrew McCarthy. He wrote a opinion piece in the New York Post about, I think he cited three different crimes for which whoever did it could be charged. One of them being that, you know, the documents were the federal government's and it's a crime to embezzle those documents or convert them for your own use. And the leaker took the draft opinion, which was the government's property and, you know, went outside the established process to allow others to access it for their own political purposes. And that's a crime. Um, then somebody, and he also, I forget the third one, but the second one was with regard to fraud because fraud isn't just scam. It's that, you know, he, he, he laid out the entire thing and said that it like the sanctity and the integrity of the entire um, Supreme court relies on, a full-out prosecution of whomever did it. Well, and here's the thing. This is something that you've said before about not using the justice system to make an example, make an example of someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, as I'm reading through, I was I was off by one year. It's 1973. Yeah, I corrected you. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's not bad going off going off of memory, right? Uh, but it's it's. It's going to get more interesting from here. I I don't think the leak was necessary. Uh, and what the investigation needs to show is if the leak was uh, conspired by one of the justices. And I've heard that uh, Sotomayor, uh, it, it may have come out of her office. Interesting. Uh, so that's, was, that's that's one of the theories that's out there that is they came it came out of Sotomayor's office and if she's implicated in it that's that's that is certainly grounds for impeachment. You think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely Vi- violating uh, uh, I don't know two hundred fifty years of tradition 
And Which, and that wouldn't be the first one that's it's ever happened. I mean, this has happened before. They have leaked documents before. It's I mean, if you look, there was one in 1852. Um I mean, there was one, there were several in the 1900s and 77, 1981. Um, the original Roe v. Wade decision had stuff, an internal memo released before when the justices were fighting in 1972. And then it says, um, former law clerks leaked details about the 2000 Bush v. Gore decision, um, I, I mean, and I, do you think motive goes into it? It's one thing for a uh, a reporter to get a hold of something uh, or to work sources. It's another thing for this to before the decision comes out. If it was an attempt to sway those those just those those four justices or five, I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. I hate I hate intent. I hate like con- or you know conspiracy to do whatever charges because it's just like hate crime stuff. You don't you don't know what was going on unless they tell you, unless somebody comes out and and asserts that that's why they did it. But or you know, during the investigation, they find they find emails or they find something that that says, "Hey, we've got to get this out so we can stop it." Something I'm, like that. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I mean. I'm looking. I'm not at saying it. there. There. I'm not saying there are those emails. I just don't know. But there's a case. I mean, even as recently, it says Justice Breyer in 2022. It said that in an Arizona v. City and County of San Francisco, California, during oral arguments, he basically like leaked information about another case that hadn't the the opinion hadn't been released. Um, and then it said that in 2019. They were the CNN reported about Robert switching votes before opinion was published. And I mean, like, so I don't know that it's because of the case. Like, most people don't know what Department of Commerce v. New York is or NFIB v. You that, know, from that's like, a, that's 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 a very good that's a very good point. Ninety eight percent of what the Supreme Court does never makes the news. Right. It only and, matters to the people who who filed it, you know? Right. And again, it's minute details. The only time we hear about it is when it's a groundbreaking case like this. It's guns. It is death penalty. It's something like that. that, that you know, Second Amendment, death penalty, Roe v. Wade. This is when when Supreme Court makes the news. 98% of the time, they go about their business. They they uh, they hear cases. They go back. They they do their thing. The decision comes back comes out in a couple of months, and everybody moves on with their lives. And the general populace, unless unless you are a, you know, a legal scholar or just a policy wonk or someone who just you know loves following these these sort of these sort of cases, if you're not involved, you really don't know because it never hits the news. Well, I know we're running long, but I did want to just mention one thing about Georgia because. There's so many. There's been so many heartbeat bills and and restrictive abortion bills passed in different states in the last three years or so. Um, people are talking about like what Georgia's going to do, and we are different because the law that the heartbeat bill that passed here was not a trigger 
law. Like if the federal government does this, then we do this. Ours was, this is what we're doing. Um, and so when they passed it in 2019 and then it was struck down in 2020 because there was, it was deemed unconstitutional. So it was an injunction was issued. The state appealed that and that appeal has been pending because the U S court of appeals knew that the Supreme court was going to be taking this decision up. So they did, they haven't ruled. So in, if ours, if they, if they do what they do as according to the draft opinion, our law will still be suspended and Kemp will either have to call a special session to go back and change it or pass something else, which, you know, depending on what's going on, I, I could, you know, the timing and everything, I could see that happening. Um, or they'll have to wait till the next legislative session, but ours won't just by default take effect. So. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in November and if a special session is called in, I don't know, December, should Stacey Abrams walk away with it, mm. waddle away with it or whatever. Now, um, now, now that, that it, it, it is from a, if, if, if you enjoy observing politics and, and you can remove, you can remove your uh, emotion from it, it will be an interesting 12 months to watch what happens around as individual states decide what they're going to do. Should this decision stand up? Look, this is nothing is official until it's inked. This things could change that, you know, part of part of the process of them writing majority opinions and everything else is to share it with each other which is the only reason that that you know liberal justices would have had a copy of this is this, he's not just sharing it with the people who were siding with him is that it, it's going to all the justices mm-hmm. so i know jessica we're, we're running long do you have any closing thoughts no i want you to get to yours so so we have a, a Democrat running against Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, at, at least he's in the primary. I don't know if he's got any, any, any real opposition. His name is Marcus Flowers. He's an Army veteran. Uh, I, I didn't even know who this guy was until I saw a commercial with him wearing a cowboy hat and them flashing to him wearing a, a body armor in, in Iraq or Afghanistan, that, you know, showing what, what a hard ass he is. But the details in this guy are very, very sketchy. Like, he doesn't really discuss what he did in, in the Army, or what he did as a private military contractor, other than he said logistics. And look, there's nothing wrong with logistics. I mean, the reason Russia is stalled in Ukraine is because of logistics. Logistics, logistics is a huge part of battle, if not the, the majority of the battle, because it doesn't matter how hard uh, your guys train. If they can't get beans and bullets, they're hosed. So not, nothing about it. But he doesn't discuss it. He married a Russian that he met in Afghanistan, I think. Uh, had a, uh, married her like a month before she gave birth to their child. They had a very like weird relationship. Uh, some say violent. Uh, at some point, he takes her. He tells her they're going to the store, puts her in the car, drives her to a homeless shelter, and tells her to get out, or he'll call the police and have her deported. Like drops her off at a, at a homeless shelter. Yikes. Like there's some really weird things about this guy, but if when when you when you look at the illusion that he's putting up, he's an army veteran. How he's out there in a cowboy hat. He's going to be constituent services and all this stuff. And, and as soon as you start to crack through that veneer and and kind of look what's what's behind, it's it's somewhat scary because you know I'm not. 
you know, I'm not totally opposed to somebody who is who's big on uh, uh, constituent services and veteran services, things like that. Depends on where he is on on other stuff, but he is only showing us like two dimensions of his character without seeing everything else that's that's <laughs> that's going on with this guy. So he's you have to really dig to find it. You're not going to find anything on his Facebook page. You're not going to find anything about what he did for a living for the army or for a private military contractor on his campaign page. I found a story from like July of 21 about this guy. And I, I think, I think there was a story where he was trying to run before and, and ended up withdrawing because he was in the middle of a divorce. And I think this was from the rush woman. He's now, he's now, Married again, and apparently at some point, the ex-wife and the wife and him and the child were all living in the same house. It's some weird, weird, weird stuff going on. And yeah. the the woman complained that she lost her child to him because she was in court and didn't really understand what's going on because her English is not the best. And even if you speak English, legalese is hard to understand. And if you don't have the resources for an attorney and translator and everything else in court, I'm not saying the woman's not nuts. I have no idea. I mean, all women are nuts to a certain degree. It's just, you know, finding finding the right sort of insanity that you can live with. So, on that cheery note, <laughs> and you agree with me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you're nuts. Mm-hmm. So, for Eric Cumbie, our awesome editor, for Eric Salagi. For, for Eric Salagi. Oh, I just married Eric to you and you, he took your name. <laughs> <laughs> for Jessica Salachi, uh, my partner this endeavor, who apparently I don't know her name after three years. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon